Welcome, family. Hello. <sighs> Thank you for joining another episode of Remember with me, Sophia. And a very special person on today. Let's breathe. Drop into the space to receive whatever is meant for us. Inhale fully down to your root and hold your breath. And as you melt all of your muscles, go ahead and exhale. Coming deeper into this moment. Inhale. Hold. Let it go. One more. Breathe it in. Hold. And let it go. It's really um, profound for me in this moment to realize that I'm recording a podcast with this person because this person has been instrumental in my life. And you've heard of them through my past podcast. Some of you really listen from start to finish in sequential order. And you've heard me begin to mention a being that dropped into my field, begin to mention a being that I was praying for and like a teacher, someone to support me in expanding to the next version, even though every moment literally supports me, every being I perceive as my teacher, but I've learned that I've created my field to be this. I've created my operating system to be this. And I exist in a way that I'm learning. Many do not. And that's okay. We all exist in our own way, our own operating system, our own dimension. But this being that dropped in, we really exist in similar ways. And getting to flow through our life's experience alongside one another. Very much individual and sovereign and deepening into that unity with our own self, but also into what is for us what is designed to birth through us coming together and connecting um, is really profound. I can't wait to share more, but these teachers have found us and are just supporting us and deepening into our own knowing. And the thing is they're unseen, but we have some of their physical texts that have found their way to our presence. Um, one is deceased. <laughs> The other is still alive, but is in her 80s and is non-responsive to our messages and texts. But within the male figure, um, it's really, I would say mind-blowing, but it's only mind-blowing in a certain realm um, that doesn't believe that one is capable of transcendental connection and transcendental study and transcendental um, reception. So... I'm really grateful to be walking this path and 
you know, synchronicities are no longer a shocking thing. It's in like every moment. I don't know when I entered this realm to where someone will message me a name and then I look up and the name is written outside on the door and then I turn to the right and there's the name again. But it's just the amount of signs of this path being completely in alignment and magnetizing all of me towards it is undeniable. And if you have listened before, that's what I used to pray for when I was dismantling my relationship with Sage. Um, I was just praying, what is next? Like, there's so many places I can go, but what is magnetizing me forth? Like, what is most for me in the evolution of my soul and how I can best be of service to this collective whole? And it was dropped in undeniably and it's continued to be that. So like I said, if you've been joining me this whole time, then this being that is co-starring in this episode with me, you've heard us, you've heard when he first dropped in, um, things he was teaching me and now here I am and we're getting to actualize existence together and birth through a larger vision. Like I said, individually, um, but also in unity. And so I'm really excited to bring on today, Jeremiah. Hello, Jeremiah, and welcome to the podcast. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Good. <laughs> so we were having a pretty profound conversation this morning, and I really felt called to bust this out and make our first podcast together around it. So let's see what flows through. It's this, we're, there's a book that's birthing itself through us and we're not sure of the title yet, but it's something like the illusions of, or something of that nature. Um, it's realizing itself through our witnessing. And there's one piece that we started diving into today and it was a piece on projection. So I'm wondering if you'd be willing to start us off just by musing on projection. Yeah, for sure. We'll get there. Um, but before we do that, I'm curious on what your perspective was, because we were like in depth in a conversation <laughs> and all of a sudden, like you cut me short and said, <laughs> hold that. And that was like an hour ago. And, <laughs> I, and I've been doing stuff. So okay, we're going to have to find the track again. But you were telling me you were having some profound realization all right and i'd like to hear where that is and we can riff on that okay so the profound realization i was having is you were in my being magic container my online course and you had said something to our group one day about you posted it in there you said something like how are you seeking evidence for the life that you're creating today do you remember that what exactly did you say what evidence are you gathering from your environment that supports the reality that you want to live in? Something to that effect. Yeah, and like not really anyone responded to that. And remember, and even I was like, fuck, okay. I had a realization, I think I even shared with you, how I'm constantly seeking evidence to support like my ego, my triggers and things like that. Um, constantly seeing evidence that way, but it, it was foreign to me to think, how do I seek evidence for that which I'm creating? So this morning, hearing you talk about projection, 
you said a piece on, you said reality. You said everyone lives in their own reality. Everyone's creating their own reality and everyone's seeking evidence um, for that which they're creating. And then you said illusions. You said everyone's like creating their own illusions, but it's part of the path itself. Like it's not bad or wrong. It teaches us discernment. What are we like observing to give evidence to our path? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so what I was seeing is I am now living a life like all I realized it like, oh, fuck that, which just a few months ago I was it was foreign to me. That's what I'm living in on the daily. Like I've somehow shifted my perspective. Obviously, I'm still seeking evidence in certain moments to support my ego or separation fear. You've seen those moments. You've held some space, but we've moved through them pretty fast. I'm starting to see a shitload of undeniable evidence continuously every day to support the life that's magnetizing me forth with certain sequences, certain numbers, certain people that drop in. It's like it's undeniable that I'm on this path and it's for me and abundance is all around me. Magic is all around me. It's like I am creating a life of pure magic and it's undeniable in every moment. Like I look for that now and it can't not be that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's the goal, right? Is to uh, get to a place to where not only is evidence showing up to the reality that you want, but it also starts to appear to you and to invite you into spaces that you wouldn't normally go yourself. Mm. So sometimes it shows up as like a flashing neon sign. <laughs> You know, and that's how evident it is. And it's like a, a crying baby almost saying, give me your attention. Mm. Do not ignore this. Do not ignore this. And you're going to come up against the space in which you're either going to relax into the experience and enjoy it. And it's going to become effortless. And you're going to look for more evidence in that experience to support who it is that you want. Or you're going to resist it. But it's going to happen no matter what. It's like the moment of death. It's either going to be a brilliant, wonderful, loving experience of you entering into something that you could never really prepare yourself for, or maybe you can, and that's what we'll talk about here in a bit, or you're going to relax into it. And there's qualities and characteristics that you can assume as you move into these previously what appear to be unknown spaces, and how do you choose to interpret them in a way that the, and this is what I want to clarify here is that the evidence is your perspective your <laughs> reaction your interpretation of any event that's where the evidence is because here's the thing you could get 10 different people looking at the same experience and every one of them is going to have a different interpretation of it and each one of them is going to be looking for evidence to support who it is and what it is they think they are who they are what they want but the majority of the time it's unconscious it's just something that's playing in the background that they've identified with but what happens if you get to the point to where you're no longer identifying with any particular outcome but you're more identified with how you're going to be able to reframe and recreate what's occurring in front of you with the lens of how it is that you want to feel. And even beyond feeling, there's a sense of what we call being. How do you want to be? Like for instance, if you're sad, 
what are you doing? You're being sad, right? Mm -hmm. If you're happy, you're being happy. If you're angry, you're being angry. And this will lead us into essentially what I think we're trying to aspire to reach and to be. And anybody on the spiritual path is that we want to be free. We want to be in these higher states, or at least the ones that allude to being free more continuously. And the word's been given many names, um, the great mystery, God, whatever it is, but it's in the past been referred to as what can be called a, a higher being. And it's only higher from the individual or the identity that a person has given themselves from being separate from it. It's higher. It's something to be obtained, but it doesn't mean that it's not potentially capable in this moment. And in fact, that's the only place it can be had. So how can we get to the state of being in which we are this higher being? And it's through this higher being that we begin to interpret things through. So therefore, we're no longer looking to interpret our environment from something that we're gathering evidence to support the small separated individual self, but we're looking for evidence to support we are residing in this being. And it's from this being that literally untold pathways and realities can emerge because we've freed it up. We've taken the noose off of it. We've unbound it from the way that we're trying to define it. And now magic, real magic can occur and we show up to witness it, to observe it. Like a child on, on, on Christmas morning, <laughs> having these gifts presented to you that you never could imagine, but you know that your parents can anticipate the flow of your life and who you're going to become. So they give you things that resonate with you, that are supporting your becoming. That's the way it becomes. That's the identity that we're trying to, to, to merge into. Totally. So beautifully um, spoken and described. And I think it's funny because when you and I riff on this, which is quite often, I feel like I always come back to the same point with you. Like I always say the same point. So I'd love to hear what flows through you now around it because, yeah, this is the energy that we strive to get to. But the majority of, uh, majority of us are in a state of like fear or feeding the self that believes it's separate, the ego identity, you know, the one that believes it's protecting something. Um, and then, so I've noticed the majority of people exist in that state. You know, we can look at fear is programmed every day. I say, I think it's a fear based identity. Like you turn on the television, it's telling you things to be afraid of. It's giving you evidence to stay in fear, you know, to stay in separation, to stay in protection. So if one, if this is their baseline, you know, um, seeking evidence of why they're not enough, seeking evidence of why to stay in fear or why they shouldn't speak their truth or express their gifts, like seeking that evidence, ultimately they want to get into that space of residing in God, the great mystery, the universe surrendering so that can flow through them in full expression in freedom. Like you said, the goal is freedom. So it feels in some moments like there can be such a gap, which I think is also an illusion because it's right there available to drop in right now, that perspective, that expansion, that awareness. But 
Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I guess my question is how to get there when one seems like it's so far away. You know, for me, I tell people it's releasing the palm, like releasing the grasping onto the evidence. We have to be willing to let go of something that feels so real. And I think that can be challenging because the perspective that they're grasping onto feels like it's protecting something. It feels like it's keeping part of them safe. And so to release this perspective is to release something that has become part of their identity, part of baseline, part of a way of feeling safe or protected in the world. Now, a lot of this is subconscious. People aren't like, oh, yeah, I'm creating this observation because it's keeping me safe and because I, you know, I'm attached to this way of being. But I think it's gaining awareness like, okay, I'm choosing this path again. It's really challenging for me to release this perspective because, look, I've gathered all this evidence, but it it has to be like the desire to release that, to shift into something different. It has to be established or else how would anyone release that paradigm to shift into the expanse of the universe, of God, of where it's like we're always there, you know, but it's releasing the identity with a self that believes it's separate. I mean, that's essentially what this is all about and every religion or spiritual path that has ever existed comes down to one thing it's a decision and it's a decision yes. it's a decision to become conscious which means you're aware of what your experience is and experience doesn't mean outside of yourself it means the interpretation of what events are occurring and how you're processing them so it comes down to identity and what you value so if you, the majority of people, and I speak for myself, are coming from a space of reacting perpetually. And there will be a, a situation or a circumstance that perhaps maybe occurred like we wanted it to or didn't occur like we wanted it to. And that reinforces the evidence that we're gathering to support our identity. But if we can stop identifying with what seems to be happening outside of us, then we can recognize when a circumstance happens and anger arise. If I'm identifying with the anger, it means that I've already identified with the sense of self that's creating it. <laughs> so I'm going to take actions that are going to justify that anger, that's going to give it a reality. And that's going to set forth an entire sequence of events, cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. And the majority of us replay these sequences like Groundhog Day, day after day after day after day, perhaps lifetimes after lifetimes. And nothing ever changes except our walls are reinforced, our ego defenses are reinforced. And we surround ourselves with people that tell us what we want to hear. And that helps to reinforce our defenses. Now we're seeking freedom here. And that means we're going to tear down the walls. But it has to occur with us first becoming aware of when these emotions arise. And do we really want to be feeling this way? So along the path, and obviously we're speaking to a group of people who, who might be listening that want to get free. They want to have different experiences. Perhaps this whole conversation has been about creating reality, right? Perhaps they want to present themselves with another layer of reality. 
something they haven't experienced yet, something they're not seeing reflected in their environment. So the way to do this is to expand your palate, mm -hmm. to open your sense of space, to get to the space to where you realize you don't know anymore, but do you cease to exist there? No. You take an observing perspective, you start to observe what's occurring around you, and in that space you can watch these old habitual programs emerge. Mm -hmm. An event will occur. Am I angry? Well, this is where it comes to shift. It's like, oh, I sense anger, but am I identifying with it? So by the very act of observing it and not taking action, you have literally opened up an entirely new set of parameters in which something that I like to call the miracle can flow in. Mm -hmm. It means that it's not something that we can literally create because we don't have the capacity to imagine it at that moment, but we've given it space. So this higher being we've been talking about can actually flow in and it will literally rearrange and create new opportunities that we never could have gotten to otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, so in that space of not identifying, but becoming aware and observing, this is where we can take an active participation in this creative event. And I think the entry point into doing this is we have to get so comfortable with learning to identify with the way that we want to feel and realizing that our feelings are not contingent upon our external circumstances. Mm -hmm. But we can get to the point of when we've actually felt a state of peace or a state of joy or a state of happiness, or a state of freedom, is realizing that those feelings don't emerge out of our environment, but to realize they are actual aspects of our being. And then we get to the point of realizing we can cultivate them within ourselves so that they are a continuous state of resonance. Does that mean that we don't get tempted out of not feeling joy or freedom? No, because those things will emerge and they'll emerge on their own accord as we're trying to become more and more free. If they don't come up into our awareness, they're just going to be remain unconscious programs that are causing us to take steps to the left or the right. But as we allow them to come up, we observe them for what they are and then we release them. We quit holding them hostage to dictate our reality. We set them free. And in turn, we are giving a new set of parameters. A new life can unfold as a result of that. So here's the interesting thing. People think that if I seek this, it's going to make me happy. If I don't do this, I'm not going to have this experience that I'm resisting. So if we can rest in the state and practice being in the state of happiness and joy and peace and freedom. The universe loves to flow in physical form in the path of least resistance, meaning that if I'm in that state of being, there are going to be things that are magnetized to me as a result of that. There are going to be people that flow into my field, environments that are reflective of being in those states as opposed to me seeking those environments and thinking that they're going to give me that effect, that experience. So we're entering into a space of being completely liberated and free. Um, 
like in, in creative terms, now we are unbridled. Um, and the only thing we have to do is to remain aware and conscious, to look at when our emotions and feelings emerge and to say, do I want to feel this way? And we realize that we have the capacity within us to recreate it, to reframe it, to give it a different meaning than the previous meaning we've given it. And as a result, we will take different actions and different thoughts. But here's the most beautiful part about it. When we do this, we don't do it alone. Typically, we're responding and reacting to others. And we live in a, a world in which every ego is seeking evidence to maintain its identity. And they know that they can create conversations or environments themselves that we're going to respond and react to. So it's a, a game of tug of war with every other ego to prove that it's real. But if we quit responding and reacting to other people's egos and we hold the truth and the vision of who they are, we're also validating and defining it within ourselves. So we are setting other people free from their own illusions as we seek it ourselves. Exactly. Beautiful. And it ties together when I asked, it can seem so far away. So, you know, how do we reside in that space? And it all comes down to choice and exactly what you're saying too. the choice to um, the choice to choose how you want to feel. I think it's important to remember to not we're not talking about shoving down emotions. If sadness arises, we're not like, no, no, I don't want to feel this. I'm shoving this down. Um, I feel it's important to remember that, that it's okay. Am I choosing to identify with this? When we identify with emotion, we create that it is us. And everything we're talking about here is it rests within creating space between the experiencer and the observer. There's always space there, but consciously shifting to the one who observes, not the one who identifies, because that's where the myriad of possibilities rests for us to choose. So if you're listening to this and this seems far away, it's available and accessible right now. It lies within the remembrance of choice choice in every moment. What am I going to choose right now? Am I going to identify with this feeling of making someone else wrong, pointing the finger out, pointing the finger at myself? Well, yeah, I'm going to make myself wrong. Here's the evidence as to why. Well, the very thing we're talking about lies within opening that palm, releasing that coal, releasing that evidence and allowing your being to experience something different. Peace and contentment. Peace and contentment lies in the moment and it's accessible right now, right now, right now, right now. But are you willing to let go of that which you so deeply identify with, so deeply take on as your identity? So it's kind of like it can feel like a death in some ways in some moments. I've lately, I've had a little moments of, of finding evidence in my field to feed a separate self that comes in and feels like it's protecting me and it's grasping on for dear life. It's like, no, I can't fully open to this person because look, they said this thing and that means this. And it's like this whole system gets activated and I have to be willing to let go of that story 
But what I'm also finding is within that, we play the victim a lot subconsciously. And it feels really good to us. It feels really good to, to play the victim. It feels safe. It feels like, okay, I'm giving my own self love and protection. But resting in unity with the one, with the great mystery, with the universe, with God, with your quote unquote highest self, resting in unity where this, in the space where you are free, it lies in a choice of letting go that which is generating separateness. And that is the most challenging part of everything we're talking about here, to release that which identifies and feels like it's so justified in its protection, in the making wrong of someone or something else, okay? And I'm going to pass this on in a second, but again, it's not stepping over the emotion that's arising. It's not stepping over the finger pointing of someone else. I hear a lot of the times people saying, okay, well, if I forgive him or if I'm not making him wrong, then he's just getting away with it. Then she's just fucking getting away with it. And it's like, it's not that. It's shifting into the space where there's no right or wrong. Duality does not exist in the realm of unity. So resting as the observer in the realm of unity with God, universe, great spirit, etc., and addressing the dualistic plane where we're experiencing as a human from that space. Okay, so it's it's both and, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, we're just authors, and we're writing a story. And the story is something that you have all creative liberty to give. But you have to write what your experience is. And it's not how it appears, where you live, how you look, how you dress, none of that. That's just residue. That's just periphery stuff. The experience is how you want to feel. So, yes, but how you want to feel within, I just, I feel like it's important to continue to bring through. It's not like if you're experiencing sadness, how do you want to feel? Oh, I don't want to feel sad. Well, well, let me say it like this. These are filters. They're like holding up a pair of like rose-colored sunglasses between yourself and your environment. It's going to interpret the way that you perceive things, the way that it looks to your senses. Now, we're talking about being now, okay? Mm -hmm. What filters are we putting in front of our being? Mm -hmm. So when we get back to like seeking evidence in our environment, we can seek evidence evidence that's going to become a filter in which we can interpret what it is that's coming into our being and it's going to define who we are so energy is energy and we can put up an emotion it's going to be like water it's going to flow or electricity and electricity is going to hit an outlet and it's going to be plugged into a lamp or a television and it's going to find different expression but Electricity is electricity, right? So these feelings that we're talking about, that you're talking about, that we need to experience and to feel, what if we realize that we could flip a switch, put a different filter up in front of it? Okay, yes. And I still want to go back to this. It's, it's, I feel it's where you and I always come back to, like I said a little bit ago. I don't want, I, I feel it's, it's my mission to 
provide the knowing that it's important for us to feel the feelings that come through. Like the other day, you know, we, there was a, a little situation and I was the observer and I witnessed my being the one inside my human, my body, or even the ego, the pre-recorded, you know, um, experiences that create this, this identity. We all have one. It's not going to disappear, but it took something personally and I felt sadness arise in my body, but I observed it and I had to let it move through hold space for my being to cry a little bit and it moved through and it processed it through same with like if there's anger that arises or grief that arises it's I feel like we exist in a society that does not want to feel that's why we have our pharmaceutical system oh I'm unhappy so I'm instead of addressing instead of addressing the unhappiness they're going to get on depression meds and be like, oh, okay, this finally works for me. I'm finally happy. Depression is a serious out of alignment with how you're living your life. Something is very out of alignment. But when one says, I don't want to feel this, they're just masking it. Same with like sadness. We're in a society where I'm sure you can observe it. I observe it all the time. Someone's crying and someone else is like, oh no, don't cry. Oh, don't cry. It's fine. Instead of like, Yes, process that energy through. So in everything we're saying, I think it's very, very important to remember to feel our feelings, but feel them from the observer where we're not identified. We're not, I am sadness, where oh, I'm holding space for this being that I'm experiencing existence through to process this emotion because our body needs to process or we hold it in. And, and that's not what we're doing. We're not pushing it down. We're not like, oh, I'm deciding I don't want to be anger. I'm deciding I don't want to be sadness. So I'm going to be chase happiness. I'm going to chase something different. It's, I feel, partnering with the one that experiences emotions from the space of unity that we're talking about, resting in contentment, resting in peace. Then we hold the crying baby we can grieve or release emotion from non-identification. Because when we identify, we anchor it in, we cycle it in, we seek more evidence, we project it out, but within that space. Do you well, know what well, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, well, how do you get to the point where you're not identifying? Okay, well, it's taken a lot of anchoring in because I've been trained, as society is trained since birth, really, that we are that, that there's no separation. We are the emotions and experience. So I've really trained myself to realize, okay, this is just what I'm experiencing. This is moving through me. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that there's still not moments that I identify with it. I for sure do when it gets really strong, but the, the rate of me shifting to observer is a lot faster. So it's that choice point we're speaking of, the awareness. Okay, I'm experiencing this strong emotion. I see how I'm gathering, I'm desiring to gather more evidence to support this. So it's witnessing it and being willing to shift out, to let go of the evidence, to put all of the stories up on a shelf and just breathe and allow the emotion to flow through. All right. So in having this dialogue and this conversation, obviously the key point here is awareness, remaining conscious so that we can observe when these things arise, not react to them and to as you were saying, feel them, not to push them away. And obviously, everybody has different processing time, right? Right. Depending on 
whoever it is they are and whatever it is that they want and whatever tools they have and experiences that have led them up to this point, right? But we're recognizing that through this awareness, this conscious presence, presence is where we can reinterpret it to create and to exist and to more perpetually be in the state of being that we choose to cultivate. And as a result, we're having different thoughts and different actions and we're creating a different reality, right? I think uh, in Buddhism, they refer, refer to it as karma. And I had heard karma translated into habitual patterns. So we can transform karma by creating new patterns, new habits. And it comes through consciousness, which leads from cause to effect. And each time we change those, we're creating a different reality. Yeah. Okay. Yes, this brings me into something. Um, and side note, how awesome that we have infinite amounts of moments to choose differently because this is like earth school. Every moment is a chance to like anchor in different perspective, you know? So this makes me think of, I'm not going to say their names and I'm just hoping this is okay. Um, I'm working with a client couple and they say they want to sh like they're they're working to come into deeper unity you know deeper unity um but an event happened they were both holding on to that and pointing the finger at each other and they didn't speak for three days even though they exist in the same house they live in the same house they didn't speak to each other for three days they were each grasping onto the stories and the make wrong and pointing the finger and blaming each other for that so i just want to say Within this, one could say they were feeling the feelings, and this was the result of it, you know? I was angry. I felt betrayed, so I was holding on to that. So I think, you know, shifting into observer of the situation, oh, my, my being's feeling an energy of betrayal because I made a story from this instance that I was betrayed. So it's, I think it's like creating space to observe that and then going to your partner or to the other person and getting that clear. You know what I mean? Because that's what you're committed to. You're committed to clarity, to freedom. You have to have a commitment established, I think, of freedom or whatever it is of love, of expansion, or else it could be like that, you know, allowing the ego to grasp onto a story and feel that feeling and perpetuate it for days. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, there are... It's habits. Exactly. Bra so willingness to break the habit, to shift into greater unity within self, within relationship, within with God. You know, I've never met one person that has desired or wants to have a different reality. And if it's not directly within their life and their immediate family, Perhaps it's within their community or the world at large. And we can take on more and more because everything and everybody's just a mirror. This whole podcast began with the concept or the idea of projection. And that's all anything ever is, is a mirror. What we think we see in somebody else only exists because it exists in us and we're projecting it onto them. Like I was saying earlier, 10 different people could see the same experience 
and have a totally different interpretations of what's occurring outside of them. And to each one of them, that reality is real. But just like a child, as they grow, they have more experiences. And these experiences show them that there are other ways to interpret things. Is one more real than the other? No, they're all real. But there comes to a point to where when a person is on the spiritual path and growing and seeking freedom and liberation, they want to expand out and to have the widest perspective they can, to consider all variations of it. So the clients that I was just talking about, the being that the main being that I work with would say that, that that is what they are seeking. Yes. Yet. The yeah. actions weren't demonstrating it. Yeah. You know, this has become a fad that exists in today's culture of the new age movement or people that are assuming some spiritual appearance, meaning that it's, easy to assume the uh, the language the fashion the fad of being spiritual and in fact I don't think there's a more dangerous thing in all of the universe than than a spiritualized ego you know and, and especially other people that are seeking to get on the path if they're being guided by these people because it's so easy for somebody to talk and to say all of the right things. But I think if you took a deep investigation into their lives, you might find out that they're an empty shell. They're just regurgitating something that they've read or that they've been taught or that perhaps maybe they've had some sort of experience on some sort of medicine. Um, and these are like flashes in a pan. They come and go. But the real challenge is to take these experiences and to live in them in a continual basis, to become conscious of them and to hold them and to not use them as like trophies for what you've experienced. But the goal of the spiritual path is to reside in this space, to take this awareness and to reinterpret everything that's occurring around you in the highest perspective. Essentially, you become the medicine and you hold a space not for people that are giving you money <laughs> and that become your clients, but you hold the space out of the sense of you realize we're all connected and that's your role in the entire evolving, the becoming. And once you obtain this space and this realization, you want everybody to feel it. There's nothing more that you want than to share it. But you can't cram it down their throats. You can't make them change and in fact if you wanted them to change you would be projecting onto them again so when you come to a state of being you just simply start to reside you don't pretend to be anything you don't sell anything you're merely being and in that being you are presenting an opportunity for others to have the same experience you are and that's all that we can ever do so to get back to what we were talking about, which was what? Yeah. Well, to get back to that, I want to say, um, you know, how you said when we get in that space, there's nothing more that we want, but then for everyone to experience it. I want to say for me, 
that's not the case. Like I don't desire for anyone to feel anything. They are their own. They're on their own path. They create their own thing. And I think within that is a projection to want someone to be different than themselves. Each soul is on their own journey, their own earth school to feel and to experience whatever they want. I know it may sound like selfish. So many people pray for the world to experience peace. I don't. Everyone is sovereign and free to experience whatever they want. You know what I mean? Maybe they came just to be deeply in ego. I believe that. I believe some souls come to experience what it's like to go into the darkest of dark and identify with it and then die in that incarnation and then come through again. You know what I mean? I really believe that. So it's like I, and with this, I, you weren't here, but I opened up this thing with saying one of the things is we've had like teachers come into our field or a teacher who is no longer on this earth plane but the physical text is and I feel we're being guided it like through this work to remember what we already know yeah you know and something that he wrote in his book is really powerful for me remember do you remember when we read the part of like praying for someone else to experience love praying for someone else to experience peace I'm sending them love. I'm sending them peace. It's like, no, don't. Because then part of you is not seeing them as whole, perfect, and complete as they are now. So I think that's also important. And I've been trying to change my speech um, when I say, I just wish all beings could experience peace. All beings could experience. I just change it to myself. Because when I'm it, then I actualize it into Mm -hmm. existence. You know, and every sovereign being has the choice now. But a lot of beings are really committed to their own suffering, (laughs) to holding on and creating their own suffering. Seeking that evidence. Yes. Even if one says, I don't want suffering. I don't want suffering. They're fucking white knuckling all the evidence as to why they must suffer. And they're cycling in it. And it's a choice and an experience that they're having. But underneath of it, their soul rests in peace. All of our souls rest in peace. Oh, that's right. We're just not aware of it. Yeah. All right. So um, something that we've been practicing and we're moving closer to is having a certain experience. And I suspect that the masters can do it in any environment, in any situation, right? They just recreate it. Or in fact, they can't even begin to imagine some of the depths that other experiences are having just because they're they're not that creative in the self-destructiveness yeah <laughs> they, they, they their soul is like so much in their awareness that they just can't imagine that sort of destruction create they're not that creative in self-destructiveness <laughs> fuck that's so good all right so we've been trying to anchor in for lack of better words to find entry points into this remembrance, right? right. This is your podcast, yeah. remember. So how do we remember our soul? And it's a beautiful thing because I think that peace is the same for everybody, okay? Does it look the same? No. Does it come in the same form and expression? No, because we each have a certain expression of how peace will flow through us and other people will perceive it or not perceive it, you know? But you and I, we've been trying to, when we enter into these spaces, to realize that it's not contingent upon our environment. But 
when we have these experiences, we realize that they become entry points to help us to remember to be in that space on a more regular basis. We live in a very complex world, you know, gas companies, electric companies, bills that we pay here, automobiles, children, school, and what are we going to eat and grocery stores? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's a lot going on. So what we've been trying to do is to choose simplicity. How can we have the most simple life? so that we're not getting caught up in some sort of like distractive rat race. And I've heard you talk about in the past, how do you call it? Your vibrational, energetic, not exciting your nervous system, right? <laughs> All right. So when people are like so caught up in something, they justify what it is that they're doing by rewarding themselves with something that's going to give them excitement can you give an example a treat i don't yeah oh if i work this year i'm going to get this bonus and when i get that bonus i'm going to take a trip to <laughs> costa rica <laughs> and i'm going to have this experience yeah. and it's going to justify me doing all of this stuff that i don't really want to do ah. right <laughs> all right so so Again, I'm not casting judgment. No. Absolutely not. This is just an experience that I see has played out in my field, in my in my life. Yeah, mine. And it's chasing, as you said, chasing the high. And with the highs come the lows, right? Yeah. And we love the swing almost. It seems to be like a characteristic of the separated self. And what we're trying to do is we want to find a state that is indestructible. I mean, essentially, I do believe and I know actually that this is what every mystic that's ever come into this plane of existence has been trying to do is to rest in this space. Mm -hmm. It's eternal. It's forever. It's unwavering. And no matter what's occurring outside of somebody, they're able to maintain it and to hold on to it. But it's only because they've quit seeking. And because they there's no longer anything to seek for. Yes. Because they're just seeking. The only seeking at this point is to remain conscious of it and to hold it. Like you would uh, your most precious prized possession if it was a newborn child. You hold it and you give it your attention. And you don't forget it. You don't leave it on the, the hood of your car and drive away or something, you know. You hold it. And this is kind of what we're talking about, the whole practice of remembrance. So in, in, in creating a simple life, which means you have one plate that you eat your dinner off of. And when it's dirty, you wash it so you can eat your next meal. And you start to realize, wow, there are certain things that I have to do in this life. So how can I turn them into a practice of remembering, right? Yeah. I have to do laundry. Well, let's change our language. Let's seek evidence of a different way. I don't have to do laundry. I get to do laundry. It becomes my prayer. It becomes my act of remembrance of who it is that I am creating myself to become. 
And that means a person that's grateful for everything they get to do. And therefore, the three-dimensional human experience isn't something that we're trying to escape and to get rid of, but it's something that we embody and embrace. And it becomes the greatest act of remembrance and privilege that we could ever, ever, ever imagine. Fuck. Yes. Fuck yes. <sighs> yes. Within that, it's it's um, what we've talked about. Remembering that state of being so much that there's no difference. And I think that's what I experience in moments and I'm anchoring in this baseline, relaxing my nervous system and expanding it to the moment so much that there's no difference in washing the dishes versus finding a crystal in the ground. Or I'm trying to think of something exciting. Going on a trip is no different than than um, jumping out of an airplane or going to a concert. Yeah, it's like, well, those all sound like absolute hell to me, which used to be <laughs> fun, used to be quote unquote fun. But it's like what I established as fun was just a, a generating of a, a high nervous system vibration. So I'm finding now like if I, I can rest in peace in all of this three dimensional experience, it can exist in that. I'm going to use epic, epic state of being. Walking the dog is the same as laying on the couch and watching a movie. Or what is something that someone else may label fun? You know what I mean? It's all on the same playing field. And it's all like experienced as just magic bliss. And in those moments, quote unquote magic arises. You know, you and I have been seeing an abundance of synchronicities and magic in, in medicine dropping in constantly to remind us that we're on the path. But I think it's how do we rest in that state where the quote unquote mundane is on the same playing field as fuck. Okay. I can't wait. I'm going to work this job that I hate for, for five more months and I get to go to Costa Rica. Yay. And have that, you know what I mean? Creating, an experience not to escape from because every moment is satisfying and fulfilling and allows us to rest in contentment. I mean, there's the basics of daily living is the fodder. It's the format, at least of what we're attempting to practice. It could be different for anybody else, but as far as I can tell, family is the foundation of everything. I mean, we cannot exist in isolation. As much as a person thinks that they're on the spiritual path in isolation, they're not. We are interconnected. We are interdependent. Not to be mistaken with codependent, but we are interdependent. So therefore, if a person wants to really get on the spiritual path, I would suggest to them, look at your family. Look at how you are supporting your family. Not by bringing in things, not by doing things for them, but how are you showing up in a way that you influence everybody in your family to become the highest version of themselves? I mean, we've started to do it by being intentional about cooking dinner together, sitting down at a table every evening giving gratitude and thanks, making prayer, and then eating the food and trying to experience it as if it's the first time we've ever had it, even though we might eat the same thing 
day after day, which we do. <laughs> in different form. It's because we have an abundance in our garden. But it's like, how many different ways can we cook beans? And how, even if we cook it the same way each night, do we experience it as if it's the first time? So it's a recreation of being in this ecstatic state of not seeking anything but the experience itself. And how can we infuse it? It's like literally how can we inject our environment with the way that we want to feel? And then it's from that space that our environment begins to reflect it. We're imbuing it with our being. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's so that's it, you know. I've I've noticed like so I've intentionally created this life, you know, where I'm in a space where my nervous system is calm and grounded, and I'm feeling my body in my energetic field in the way that certain interactions influence me in ways of never before, because places I've previously put my being in. Um, my nervous system has been heightened. I've been using my energy for the illusion of doing um, instead of listening to my soul and creating space of being. So within this space and intentionality and taking myself to the garden, I've really, really been practicing on presence, how to be fully present within my moment. My mind will be thinking, oh, you should do this or maybe record this video or, oh, shit, you got to message that person back. I bring myself back to how does the water feel under my hands? How does the dish feel as I'm holding it? it it's been a, a big challenge to bring myself into presence. It's been a huge challenge to bring the part of me that loves chaos of like and loves the illusion of doing. Oh, this and that. And what else can I add into my field? And oh, and this and da, da, da. In reality, that's all draining my energy. They're energetic leaks. And I've noticed a lot that I've created in my field. So it's taking it's challenging and taking a taking energy to bring it back to the present moment. But the more and more that I merge my being with the presence of the now, the more content that I am, the more magic arises and the more literally life flows me. The great mystery flows through me and I surrender myself to the witnessing of it birthing through me. I get to be surprised at what shows up because I've created space to allow it to flow through me. Mm. It's no longer my identity feeling like I have to do this. I have to create this. I have to do da, da, da. It's a knowing like this podcast, a knowing. Okay, now record this. Even if there's only one person who listens to this that resonates from it, even if it's mine and Jer's own remembrance when we listen to it later, it's for a purpose. And it takes a profound sense of stillness and disidentification with the moment or the not the moment but like the identity to allow the moment to birth through through the form of knowing so through me becoming more intentional in bringing the part that's like no I gotta go nope come back here but I gotta go back here to this moment but I gotta go nope you're gonna cook dinner right now through that I'm able to feel through feeling sense my next steps in life what is for me and what's not for me because the lines have been super blurry. I've been showing up for a lot of things and putting a lot of my energy into things that weren't for my best and highest alignment or for the story that's seeking to birth through me. I was choosing how I wanted the story to birth. And that's the thing. There is choice, but there's also a greater unfoldment that can come through when one surrenders and brings himself into full presence. And it's more fulfilling than anything I could have created from mind. 
because it's that which my soul has been longing for. But I have to separate the, the self that's like, no, but it's this, but it's this, but it's this. The one that I've trained to bring myself into full, open, and surrenderance. Yeah, you know, um, we got to remember it also to be gentle on ourselves. Yeah. It's a path now, okay? We're a path of remembering. Forever path. Yeah, there's no destination. Exactly. We just need to hold the awareness of the experience that we want to have, and we're continually trying to come back to that remembrance. And I think that's important what you just said. There's no destination because I hear a lot of people like, I should be there now and I'm not there now. We're in practice every moment. What are you practicing? We could be practicing being in the ego. That's our practice. Where does your practice lie? And this is my practice right now. I would say our practice, but I see you as residing in this peace more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. It's very rare that your ego comes in and takes you out. Uh, your ego will come in, maybe you'll identify it for a moment, but you come back. Like This being is someone who has created himself to be like, his mind doesn't constantly go, 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 go. It's profound. Um, and that's what I'm bring, trying to bring myself into. And it's a practice and it's no destination. And I just rest in the moment. I'm not generating, oh, I'm not there yet. We're always there. It's like, what do we want to experience now? I desire to experience a baseline where my monkey mind isn't constantly going, where I reside in peace with the activity in front of me, where there's no separation between, like I said, doing the dishes and freaking like going on, riding the four-wheeler down to the river. No separation. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, seriously, I could be in the state of desire and craving something terribly. At that very moment, I could also try to recreate myself and to think, well, how would contentment feel right now? And if I am willing to let go of that craving to experience contentment, then I wouldn't even remember what it was that I was desiring. And an entirely new um, sequence of thoughts and actions would take place, which would result ultimately down the road as a new reality. So we're speaking to you now from a short period of time of practice. And I look forward to speaking to you at a later time of having practiced this for a longer stint, you know? So for each person that's listening to this, perhaps you've been doing it your entire life, or perhaps you're just starting but I want you to know one thing, and this is very, very, very important, is that you are in the perfect place for your spiritual awakening. You can never find a better position in, in, faith, in, in space or time because where you're at is what you have created. And I know you're going to interpret it and think, oh, I didn't put myself in this house or I didn't choose this family. But that's not the reality I'm talking about. I'm talking about it's your interpretation of it. So as soon as you start to rearrange the, you, the way that you perceive all things through your conscious awareness and practice of it, your environment will begin to reflect that. And know that everything that is in your environment is something that you have magnetized towards yourself. And I know you don't want to own that, but as soon as you do, you will start to realize just how powerful of a creator you are and you can start to change your reality by changing your thoughts about it.
yes, 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 yes. Fuck yes. <sighs> yeah. I, I want to go back to this piece because it, it just dropped in. It's like, how can we get to a space where we're, you know, we're not late. Like it all rests in labeling, right? Like how we're labeling our experience. Like if we can stop labeling and just allow and be, then we're not labeling something as higher on the Richter scale than something else experience wise. You know, the only reason that one may be like going back to your analogy of I'm going to work this job for two years and then go to Costa Rica is because they've created in their mind what the job is, how they're going to experience it and what Costa Rica will be and how they'll experience that. What if one could disassemble the labels and the boxes and everything like we're talking about is at the same baseline? For me, my ego is like, oh, that's boring. Like it's da 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 because it's addicted to the pendulum swings, yeah. you know. But I feel like such freedom rests there, where there's no hierarchy. Then there's nothing like, oh, this sucks, but that that's gonna be amazing. It's all here right now in the moment. Yeah. So you and I were talking about a certain experience, a certain perspective, and a certain way of interpreting this grand expansion of creativity. Like I said, we can all create anything, okay? There's going to be somebody that listens to this and they might think, I want to have that experience. There could be somebody else that says, that's boring. They're all just as real. So we're just, this is our slice. This yes. is our perspective. Choose, and as you always tell me, you go do you, you know, and that's it. You know, it's just gotten to a point to where a person has so many experiences that some are going to resonate and feel, um, fit better and feel better than others. And this is all we ever do is to learn to be in that space, to practice it, to become a master of it. And we're seeking to master our reality, to reflect and to re represent who it is that we are and what we're becoming. That's all any of us are doing is creating our reality. And everybody is creating their reality. Some are just more intentional and conscious of it than others. I'm so grateful for this conversation and, and the little golden gems that are within it. Yeah, I think for us to realize that I keep going back to saying the same things, but like that we are creating our reality. It's really powerful. And especially in this moment for me to realize that if I'm labeling something else as hierarchical, I'm creating that illusion. And then I'm creating the feelings in my body from that illusion once I experience it. But I could create that same feeling within anything. I've just created that some things are less favorable than others, but they're just, it's all an act of doing in an illusion of perception, like an illusion of um, scenery change. Oh, look, this is different. So this is how I feel. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's really powerful to, for me to remember that I'm creating that. I'm creating that something's better or worse, something's more or less favorable, and I can flip the script, and it can all present the same level of magic to me in every moment. And that's what I'm remembering. And I think, yeah, to leave, to 
to leave everyone with a practice, and I think I already said this, but going back into it, is anchor in the remembrance of choice. Start becoming conscious and aware of your moments. When you're in fear, when you're in separation, when you're pointing the finger out or even at yourself, that's a point to look at what are you creating? What evidence has been gathered for that perspective? And are you willing to shift into a different perspective? Are you willing to bring peace and contentment into the moment? Are you willing to interact with your environment from that space? Are you willing to bring in recontextualization to that experience? Um, and I think it's really profound when, when one becomes aware of how attached they might be to the experience, to the evidence. Um, I got in it just for a minute the other day, which is profound for me because before I used to be like years ago, I was so triggered. I would get pissed and I would fume in it and I would stay in it for days and I'd be so justified in my evidence and making someone else wrong. Like I was a spitfire. Now I can get into it and get right out of it. But I got into this. I was tired. You know, my state of being was, was low energy. So in those states, it's easier for me to slip into old patterns of quote-unquote self-defense, little self, ego getting triggered. And I had this moment where I got really, really triggered. And, and I was feeling like I needed to protect myself. I needed to defend myself. And here's all the evidence as to why. For me, I just asked myself in that moment, is this true? What's all the evidence I can gather of the opposite perspective? And as I allowed myself to enter that, the whole feeling of the trigger was shifting in my body and I was resting back in freedom. But I noticed in my body how that trigger would want to grasp on again. It was like, no, 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 you can't let go of this evidence because you have to da, 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 da. And what if it happens again? So it took great willpower and a remembrance of my commitment to experience freedom to allow myself to be like, is this true? Even though this is the evidence, this is not, here's all the evidence as to the other perspective. And within that, I allowed myself to shift it in real time and to, to let go of it. But that used to be extremely hard for me. There would be a part of me that did not want to let go, did not want to fucking release it. It felt so justified in it. So it takes that willingness, develop the awareness, the willingness to shift. But the awareness first, maybe journal, take a journal with you throughout your day. You know, that for some of my clients that I work with, that's really powerful to journal in real time wow, I'm noticing myself right now, be really angry, make this person super wrong and not want to let go of it. Even though I desire peace, I don't want to let go of it. Just start to become self-aware and notice your patterns. Yeah, for real. I mean, obviously we want to get to the point to where we're like expert jazz musicians and we can play anything at any time in any, any particular key or scale in real time, right? There's like no destination. We're just in it being. But in the meantime, it still doesn't mean that we can't practice. So that when events occur, we're able to catch our conscious awareness, recognize when we the ego wants to draw us into anger, and be able to have a set of tools in which we can just basically say no and learn how to give it up. And I promise you, you'll never experience a greater sense of power 
that when you're confronted with anger, when you're confronted with judgment, when you're con- confronted with thinking that you don't have enough, that in real time you can give it up and put something else in its place. It's literally like taking out one block and putting in something else. Or you're editing your story. And on your laptop in front of you, you're going to delete those words, those patterns that you've always existed in, and rewrite a new sentence. And in that sentence, it dictates the whole rest of the story. This is how powerful you are as a creator. So I would encourage you to even if it takes you imagining what it feels like to be free. And if your mind conjures up a certain environment, a certain experience that you'd had or that you would like to have, look at it and then go a step further and try to move beyond the experience itself into what it feels like and to realize that that feeling is present in you all of the time. It doesn't exist anywhere else. And Through practice, you can get to the point to where that starts to become your default is living in that experience. The only reason it seems so far away from you now is because you've projected it outside of yourself. But you can learn to live in it. And here's where the really beautiful thing comes is that as you live in it, not that you need your environment to be different at that point because you're already there, it cannot help but to reflect it. And it will flow into your life in the easiest, most effortless way. And that's how you change reality, is by existing in the being that you want to feel, reside in. So surround yourself with things that help to remind you of those states of experience. Plants, nature, images of beings that have been in that space and reside in that space. Surround yourself with it. Submerse yourself in it. Saturate yourself in it to where you couldn't get away from it if you wanted to. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, if you gained a little nugget of wisdom today, great. If not, that's great too. We're grateful for this space to remember ourselves and just reflect upon the lessons that we are moving through in our own human vessels. Let us know. Reach out and let us know if something lands or if you'd like us to reflect on something more. It's a co-creation in this space. Thank you. Thanks.